welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. This is season five, episode 91. You found out you are a human design generator type. Now what? Hello, hello. Welcome back to your empaths. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Another podcast today here on a Tuesday. Every Tuesday we talk about human design. You found out you're a generator type. Now what, right? Types are the biggest categories. So now what do you do? And we're also going to dive into the vulnerabilities that you may have in your childhood with conditioning through your type, maybe how you got out of acting or speaking out of your strategy, which is to wait to respond. And we'll dive into all that. What does that mean? You know, this is why I'm doing this episode for you today. So let's get into this. I'm also going to be sharing with you a few case studies. So shout out to all the empaths who joined me on a free call this week. If you haven't hopped on a free call with me to ask me questions about your free chart that I've sent you, please reach out and schedule that. And if there isn't a time available, just email me and let me know. We can work something out maybe on a weekend day. And if you haven't gotten your free chart and you're just finding what human design is, definitely grab that and link in the show notes, join our empath community and get your free chart from me. I'll email it to you within 24 hours today. So let's get into what is a generator. First off, the types are, there's a couple different types of human energy blueprints. There's so many different themes of our energy and categories. And the type is kind of like the big broad umbrella category of your energy type. And it explains a bit more about how you use your energy. So a generator is a type that has a defined sacral. And we'll talk about that when I pull up chart. But the square at the bottom, just above the root, is the sacral. And it is the center related to the sacral center in the chakra system to do with reproduction, energy, pleasure in the bedroom, but the big majority of how it relates to our strategy as a generator is that it is like a motor. So you have consistent energy to do, to work, to keep on grinding away at a certain project or process all day long until you're tired. And sometimes you don't maybe work enough during the day. (laughs) I don't know how, right? But let's say you still have enough energy to go to the gym and it's really important to exhaust all of your energy so that you can have a really good night's sleep. And I found that the less sitting I do and the more working I do and using my brain, that really helps me get a good night's sleep. I'm speaking from personal experience. I am a generator as well. So this is a near and dear type to my heart. So let's just briefly talk about the strategy before I get into what your strategy is as a generator. 
So your strategy is the best mode to act out in your actions, even with what you say for projects, in relationships, and conversations with people. It really is a matter of, are you pushing a round peg in a square hole kind of a situation? That's you not working in your strategy or acting out of your strategy. And when you're not following your unique strategy, you will experience roadblocks. You will experience things not working out, stagnation, wasting of your time, and a waste of resources. You may find that you're putting a lot of money into like placing ads for your business maybe, but you're not doing it according to your strategy. So it's just a waste of money into the ads, if that makes sense. When things flow, you don't need to pay for ads, by the way. But anyways, I divulge on the entrepreneur side of human design. But just as water can flow easier with the proper banks in place on the side of the river, so this is also the structure of how your energy can flow according to your human design chart. So for you as a generator, to make sure that your river stays within the river and doesn't flood out and dissipate into burnout and exhaustion, which can still occur with your root sacral. Yes, you have energy, but you can still burn out because you're using your energy in the wrong way on the wrong projects. It's not fulfilling. So for you as a generator, your strategy is to move through life with ease, is to wait to respond. And you're probably thinking, wait, what? I have to wait, but you just told me I have all this energy to do stuff. Like that is counterintuitive and it makes no sense. So the biggest thing here is that the generator does not have what we call initiating energy. The only type that actually has initiating energy is the manifester, where they can just inform and then just get on going and do it, right? Just do it is the Nike slogan. But for us generators, we need to stay busy with what we love to do within our passions. And then as we do that, it overflows in conversations, it bubbles over in our energy, you know, we share about it on social media just because we're so happy about it. And then there will be magical doors that will open for you to respond. So let's think of an example of this. In my personal life, I just kept following, we, we talk about with the generator and manifesting generator types where you need to wait to respond. It's all about following the breadcrumbs. So what I mean by that is do what you love and then follow that next magical breadcrumb that may come your way. And before saying yes or no to that breadcrumb, you then use your inner authority, either it being emotional and you feel through the cycle or it's sacral, you ask yes or no questions or it's splenic, you know right away or you need to self-reflect because you don't have that, you know, it's called the nun or the self-reflectant inner authority. You need to talk it out with a trusted friend. And you talking mirrors back to what to you what you need to do. So when you use your inner authority, then you go, oh, aha, that's the next breadcrumb. Let's say it's a door opens to, you know, be a, a guest on somebody's meditation app. I don't know why that just popped in my head because that's what's happened to me where I had someone as a guest on my podcast 
podcasting was also just a breadcrumb. I didn't know why I was starting it. And then I started it and then it just evolved into this beautiful flourishing support community. And so breadcrumbs. So, right. I'm following the breadcrumbs. You have no idea what's going to happen. You have these guests come on and he said, Hey, do you, you're a meditation teacher. You said, and I said, yes. And he said, well, I have this app and I really want to get, you know, more built into the library. Could you create some for our library? So of course I said, yes, following my inner authority, then can you come on live? Yes. And so even though it might have not panned out exactly as I wanted or he wanted, like he was hoping that I would help, you know, grow his app, which could still happen, right? We're all just following breadcrumbs and figuring it out. And it, you know, it wasn't a big hit right away. It's still like, I still really enjoyed it. And I still love guiding the meditations in it. And I look forward to doing it further, but it's allowed me to really hone in and practice and gain confidence in my guided meditation skills so that I can confidently offer that within the membership. I want to share an example of a chart. Those of you who have joined the call, as promised, I'm giving a shout out to Jamie Gilbert and wanted to share with you her chart a bit to give you a case study to really dive in deeper on what does it mean to be a generator and what does it look like in your chart. So if you have your chart in front of you, you are a generator. Also, if you're a manifesting generator, a lot of this information applies to you. You have very similar blueprints. Your type and strategy is the same. As a manifesting generator, though, you have just one caveat that you always need to inform because you have a bit of the manifester strategy before you're doing what you love and waiting for the opportunities to open from the universe. So a lot of what I say about the generator also applies to the manifesting generator. So of course the strategy is to respond, responding in comments. Let's say you're trying to get the word out about whatever new project you're starting up, your blog. So instead of posting and hoping that the world will see it, because that's not how the generator's response type of strategy is going into groups, let's say Facebook groups or going into posts on Instagram and getting to know people in the comments and responding to them. That is the magic sauce to growing your exposure and people getting to know you is you responding to things. You're responding to their comments. You're responding to their posts, you know, things like that where it's not like and this kind of applies to the whole social media strategy in the first place, but don't post and run. Like you don't have that energy as a generator, a manifesting generator. You want to respond and you want to dive into conversations and yeah, just help people, right? Help people in whatever field you're in. And that is part of the response mechanism. Let's say in a relationship, all of us are dealing with toxic relationships in our lives. I mean, who isn't? but especially with the narcissist, you have this energy to respond. So this can, you know, do more with when you're in a toxic relationship to do more with your inner authority. But let's say there's something presented to you to respond. Now, obviously all of their toxic behavior is right in front of your face to see that you need to respond to find a way out, put up boundaries, put them in your outer circle. Those are all things that the universe is showing you to respond to. And so 
the response in that case is, oh, I see you <laughs> and I don't need this further in my life. So I'm going to respond and let's say tap into learning my self-discovery, respond and start diving deeper into knowing who I truly am and what my passions are, what my purpose is, how I can generate my own income because that really is the best way to gain freedom is to not need them anymore, is to not have them in your life and then also to learn about your emotional being, your emotional energy to be able to know how to block them out of your life. So let's dive into that in this case study here with Jamie. So we have profile of one four. What that tells us is that she embodies what she's investigating. She loves diving deep in all the information. So she heard the word narcissist and I'm sure she has gotten multiple books, done major rabbit holes of research, found multiple different podcasts to really learn from all the angles and all the details back to the origins. Like she wants to know the root cause, right? She wants to dive deep like a scientist in this topic of narcissism, right? And so then the four line is the opportunist. She loves to, you know, put people together in relationships. When she goes out, everyone's a friend. Everything and everybody is a connection, an opportunity to make relationships, an opportunity for business, some type of opportunity. And that is the opportunist. And it's so cool to have this. Such a combo. And there's multiple different combinations of profiles we all can have. So what I would say to Jamie about, let's say she's diving into narcissism, she's got this inner authority of emotional solar plexus right here because her emotional triangle, bottom right, is brown and defined. So she has a consistent wave of emotions. And when you have a consistent wave of emotions, that means that you can sometimes, not always, govern the emotions of the room. But also it defines how you feel about a certain decision. You need to feel through it. So I always tell all my emotionals, never say yes right away. Always say, okay, let me get back to you on that. And feel through your emotional cycle on that decision. So this is the tricky part about when someone love bombs you, they don't give you time to wait it out. They don't give you time to like, think about it. It's always like, oh, you want to do that? Let's do it now. Like, oh, I, I'm text barraging you because I can't have you out of your mind. I can't help have you not thinking about me because I'm trying to essentially catfish you or whatever. But that's the extreme. But that's kind of the energy of the narcissist when they first meet you is they bomb, 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 bombard you with all this attention and love. And you're like, wow, this feels really amazing. And so they ask you to go out and they're giving you so much intense positive feedback that you say yes right away. And then as it further gets in, you just start to develop a lot of regrets like, oh, I probably shouldn't have gone there. Oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Like you do all these things and you commit and then it's like, oh, that doesn't feel good to me now. And then like now you're reeled in. Now you're hooked and you're in this committed relationship with a narcissist because you said yes so many times without really feeling through your inner authority the whole way. And this happens to all of us, inner authority or not, but you feel it more when you have the emotional inner authority. And I also see in Jamie's chart, she has an open white will center. That's the tiny 
smaller type of trapezoid, not an unequal triangle, just to the right of the diamond in the center of the chart. And the will center has to do with willpower, with sales, with agendas. And we all know narcissists have really self-centered agendas. And when you have a white will center, you subconsciously, open-mindedly, you know, open-heartedly, like with all of the good intentions, amplify someone else, their agenda or what they want to do. And you just amplify it. You're like, yeah, let's do it. You easily hop on their bandwagon, you get going on it, and then you're like, oh. And when you remove yourself from their aura, then you realize, oh, I really didn't want to do that. That really wasn't for me. And this is where the emotional abuse and the manipulation and the coercive control, like guilting you into doing things, because then you'll start to say, well, I don't really want to do that. But then they keep selling you on it. They keep guilting you on it. And so after you've just naturally amplified their agenda, if you start to stand up for yourself, then they'll guilt you into that. And this is where, you know, you can so easily be hooked in and then they're like, you know, then they've got you emotionally. And so then they guilt you into it. So you can see how that can be if you don't have your will center guarded up. Like I always say, it's like an open door. If you have it open, then any salesperson can come into your house and you know fix everything in your house how they want it we're like no the sofa should be here they're like oh no it's over here now I moved it like you feel like that in your life like everything is moved in your life everything is taken from you and you are just a shell of a person when the narcissist comes in and rearranges everything in your life and that's what happens so when we have an open will center we need to guard ourselves close it up with this emotional inner authority never say yes right away give it time to feel through it outside of their aura. Is this mine? Is this really what I want to do? Or is this just what they want to do? And really evaluate what you want to do. And you have the right and you have the authority and, and like I said, like can't think of the other word, but the right to say, no, I don't want to do that. Thank you. That's it. No, thank you. Moving on. So as a generator, this square above the bottom square, it's in between the two triangles, left and right triangles. It's called the sacral. It is always colored in red if you are a generator and manifesting generator. So the importance and mindfulness here is to know that not everyone has this, first of all, you know, and not everyone can have the capacity to do and go like a busy bee as you. So learning patience is definitely something that is key. And a little bit different caveat between the manifesting generator and the generator is the generator can like do something start to finish A to Z where the manifesting generator will be like, oh, I see Z. So I'm going to skip over to like Q because I don't really want to do A through Q. And then they go, oh, wait, that doesn't quite work. I need to go back to B, you know, jumping over to G, and then they find their way to Z. Like, that's just the fun of it, the creative experiment. And so giving everyone grace and understanding that we all function, our brains function differently, and we operate in all these different energies is really important to note. Now, another thing I wanted to cover 
in her chart here is the open spleen. This is something that also can get you to fall into the trap with the narcissist and then kind of find yourself going, why can't I leave? Right? Like, I know it's not right for me. Cognitive dissonance. I know this is not correct. I've got to figure it out, but I feel really good in this situation, even though like I feel good with this person, even though they're treating me poorly. And so the thing with the open spleen is that you amplify safety. You amplify like the feel good spaces and the feel good spaces are the defined spleens because they have a consistent access to, I guess you could say just like the feeling of, of, it's like a feeling of safety. I don't know how else to word this. It's so hard to word energetics into, into English. But let, let's say the defined spleen kind of is like a root, a root system in the tree for maybe a bird that wants to land in the tree. The open spleen system is a bird. So the bird feels at home in this really big tree because it's rooted and it's grounded and it's consistent and it has this consistent access. It has a strong like grounding effect energetically. So... I mean, not everybody who has a defined spleen center is a healthy tree. Sometimes this tree may be like that chomping willow tree or whatever that tree is called in Harry Potter where it looks really calm, but then it like attacks you. If you get a whomping willow, doesn't it eat the birds? So the whomping willow like in Harry Potter where it looks really calm, but then you, the bird lands and then it eats the birds. So <laughs> there are some carnivorous trees out there in a metaphorical sense that not everyone who has a defined spleen center is a healthy person. So you find yourself feeling cozy within this grounded, almost like codependently attached to this defined spleen when you have an open spleen and you're like, this feels really good, but I have to get out. But then you have, you're sensitive with the open spleen to all these different fears you may have defined. And let me find my book to kind of go through. When you have a gate circled, that means you have it defined. So in Jamie's chart, she has the fear, gate 48, the fear of being inadequate or not ready defined. So that can really paralyze her in saying, well, I'm not ready to leave yet. I don't have all my ducks in the row. Like I might not even be adequate or enough for myself away from the narcissist. So having that defined paralyzes her with all of the lies they say and the feeling codependent with them with the defined spleen. And then she also has 57 defined, which is the future, the fear of the future or the unknown, which I totally get. I have that too, where it's like, oh, well, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I might be homeless, poor, destitute. No one will ever love me. Like all these fears will amplify and also paralyze her from leaving. And then gate 32 is the gate of failure. And so she's always trying to fix the relationship because she fears that the, there may be, no, she fears that she's a failure as a person to fix this relationship, but no one can fix a one-sided relationship. So therefore, she's stuck in this toxic cycle of fixing, abuse, love bombing, fixing, abuse, love bombing. And it just goes round and round because she's like, well, I can't fail. I have this fear of failure. I can't do it. Can't, I, can't, I fear it. So I can't fail. But like I said, a relationship is a two-way street and it's not up to you, dear empath, to make sure that the relationship 
is successful. The other person has to do their part and their work too. So you see, all of these things can really paralyze you and grip you. So the trick with the open spleen is to push through some of these fears that most likely are not life-threatening and it's actually more life-threatening to be stuck in this toxic cycle because it starts to spiral your mind, body, and soul down, right? You start to develop all these different weird illnesses. You're over-stressed. Your amygdala is constantly fight or flight. Like it's actually physically more dangerous to be with a narcissist than to be out alone in the wild, which you're like ancient mind body your your monkey body is like no being alone in the wild is like death however when you're stuck with someone like this that actually is going to make you more and more sick so the trick here is to push through these fears to get out away from the narcissist's grasp push through the fear of no one will ever love me it's like who cares if no one will ever, ever love you cats will love you that's where I got to the point where I was like, I would rather die a lonely old hag with a whole bunch of cats than be dealing with this crap anymore, right? You know, I'll never be adequate enough. It's like you and your experience is adequacy enough. You don't need to have degrees and certificates and accolades and all these things that the toxic masculine has convinced you that you need. You, your experience, your talent, everything that's in your energetic blueprint, your energies and your talents is enough. Your amazing open-hearted empath power is enough. And then the fear of failure, push through that fear of failure. Failure is like how you succeed. So tripping and falling and moving forward is how evolution occurs. So failure is not the end and the bad thing. It's not the death. The failure is the growth. So fail, fail hard out of this relationship. Get out of it, fail it, and say, whew, I got up and I'm not gonna do that again, right? That is the success out of your failures, which they're not, failure is not real. That's just something our mind constructs that is not safe. So you can see all of these elements and aspects here in our chart as a generator can have an influence over how we relate to people, how we see ourselves in life, our different conditionings from childhood, and so on and so forth. So if you have a sacral, just one more conditioning from your childhood, if you have a sacral inner authority, you may have been taught to not trust yourself. You may have been taught to use your words versus the actual guttural sound that comes up when you ask yourself a yes or no question. And also, as humans, we're always asking open-ended questions. But with your inner authority being sacral, you need to ask yourself, is this relationship serving me anymore? Yes or no? The yes will be, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah. This is a great relationship. There's a two-way street. We're learning both together. We're both giving to each other. We're both caring for each other. We're both holding space for each other's emotions. That's a automatic yes. Is this relationship serving me any further? No. That sound will be, mm-mm. It'll just be like your gut drops. And it's like, mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, just keep humming. Keep using the guttural sounds. Absolutely not. Are you always the one fixing 
Are you the one suggesting solutions, books, therapy, counseling? Are you the one who is always frustrated and fed up and trying to connect with them or wishing for more and they're always zoned out, not connecting to you, not holding space for your emotions? I mean, gaslighting you at every turn if you try and bring up something that never was resolved. Those are all things that that relationship is not serving you anymore. And it's okay to be selfish, to be honest, because when you stay, you are enabling their lack of growth as well. Narcissists don't grow unless they're completely uncomfortable and they might not still even grow then. They'll just find some other distraction. It's really their choice and it's not up to you. It's not your choice. So think about what is serving you and your soul. And the other thing, one last thing before we close out this episode is that our human design energetic blueprint, it shows us our themes, which I feel like relates back to our soul. And I truly believe in reincarnation, that we kind of keep evolving and working and having multiple lifetimes in human form or not. And so the soul blueprint is what continues to carry on and on. So it's like in this life, what theme in your chart are you here to evolve into? And if you're stuck with a narcissist, you can never work on evolving your soul's themes. You can never work on yourself because you're always so soaked up in their drama and taking care of them and worrying that you're hurting them and they're the victim. And it's just like, it's a energy sucker. And it doesn't allow you energy to really tune into who you are, who your unique soul self is. And so that's just another soul perspective, I feel like, and another reason why you shouldn't stay continued in the toxic cycle with a narcissist. And yes, they were placed here for you to wake up. Maybe they were placed here for you to grow into your independence, to grow into your power, to speak your truth as your soul there may be a theme there but i'm sure your soul doesn't want to continue to be not conquering that theme and staying stuck in the toxic cycle yeah so that may be another answer is like why do narcissists keep coming into my life like well you haven't learned the first lesson that you need to draw boundaries or you haven't learned the first lesson to just like not care what they think etc etc so so much to gain and learn from our human design charts to really help us step into our authentic selves and to overcome these toxic relationships that are just holding down your light and not allowing you to shine it out beautifully and uniquely into the world. And one last note, Jamie's chart was the incarnation cross of consciousness. And that is something that really probes people you trigger people essentially to under to consciousness and if someone's not ready to introspect and be conscious then they're not going to like it and they're going to lash out so that's another thing too for all of you impasse to consider your incarnation cross theme is there for you to work with it is a theme and it also is a bit of a life purpose life theme energy for you to tap into and i'm Happy to dive deeper into that for your specific chart in the membership, Empath Healing membership, or a one-on-one reading and coaching. And that is our summary for, if I hope that 
answer your questions. If you have questions about this, reach out to me in the link in the show notes, book your free call, and we can get your questions answered specifically on your chart regarding, I found out I'm a human design generator type. What the hell does that mean? All right, signing off another episode here. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Until next time, keep your unique light shining.